Deanna, compulsive overeater. Um, Nancy, thank you so much for asking me to lead. Uh, I like prepared for today, like I was getting ready for the Oscars or something. Uh, this is the first time that I've um, gotten to lead a meeting since coming out of relapse. So I just wanted to make sure not to waste this opportunity for my higher power. Uh, so I did a lot, a lot uh, to prepare today. My current morning routine um, is that I get up and I pray uh, for, I set a timer for about four minutes, but it's anywhere from like three to five minutes. Um, and uh, I pray the St. Francis prayer, which is my favorite. Um, and I pray for people in my life. I pray for um, my sponsor. I pray for past sponsees sometimes. I pray for everybody on my support team. Uh, because it's taken an entourage to keep me out of relapse this time around. Um, I pray for my family. Uh, and then I meditate. I'm adding one minute a month to my meditation. So right now I'm at eight minutes of meditation in the morning. Uh, then I'll write for 10 to 15 minutes and read the four today. Uh, so that's what I did this morning. And then throughout the day, I just I did things that were good for my spiritual, physical, and emotional well-being. Um, I overheard one time um, somebody in another program uh, say that her friend always jokes, um, you make sure to take your meds today, M-E-D-S, and it stand, med stands for meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. And uh, like I go lightly on the word diet. For me, that just means like a healthy way of eating, you know, within this program. So I was like, okay, I got to up my meds today. So I'm not a, a, a crazy person. Uh, so I did my morning routine. I talked to a fellow that I talked to on a daily basis. Um, I jumped on my trampoline for 10 minutes. I call it the joy jump. I put on children's music and I jump up and down like a fool. Um, I did about 20-ish minutes of step work, 24 minutes uh, of step work. And then I went to the beach and, and frolicked in the waves and sang because you can sing at the beach and the waves are loud. So who cares? You know, nobody can really hear you. Uh, and came home and took a, a lovely shower. I call it a Hawaiian shower because I put on Hawaiian music and light scented candles. And I do the Hawaiian shower, uh, which a friend teases me about. If ever he hears me like worked up, he's like, girl, you need to take your Hawaiian shower. So I did all these things uh, to get ready for tonight. Um, so just to like backtrack a little bit, I came into OA December 30th of 2011 was my first meeting. Uh, I wasn't super jazzed about it. It was, I think, like five, five women there, five women, um, older women. Uh, I didn't really connect with one of them. I couldn't tell if she was asleep or dead. Uh, another one was knitting. That freaked me out. And they gave me a newcomer's packet, and I had no idea what to make of what was, was in there. And I just felt like, wow, this is lame. And uh, I came to program through outside help. My therapist said, you're going to need to go to OA um, and resume exercise to take care of my depression, or we're going to need to put you on medication. And I did not want to be on medication. Uh, I also didn't want to go to OA. I looked at the website. I had no interest in any of what I saw on there. And so I said, I'm only going to go to a meeting if it's at a time and a day that's convenient for me and it's close to my apartment. Uh, like when you have no life, like all, all times are convenient. So my first meeting was a Friday night. Uh, I mean, what else was I going to do at a Friday night uh, at seven o'clock? What I would normally be doing on a Friday night at seven o'clock would be binging. 
Um, that's how I identify primarily. I'm like a black belt binger. Uh, I don't do much in between. I don't do, uh, I don't do, I'm not really a snacker or a grazer. Like I'm either just going to buy bags and bags of food and get high or I'm eating pretty clean, you know, like it's a really wide chasm for me. Um, that's just what it looks like. Um, so I came into that meeting and there, there was one person closer to my age, one younger woman there. And she, she invited me to go to the Monday, uh, meeting. Uh, so I went to the Monday meeting and I got a sponsor, I think at my second or third meeting. And I just knew that I was gonna bounce if I didn't latch on to somebody immediately. Cause this was terrifying. I had no background in 12 step and, uh, you know, I definitely want to give a pitch for service and for newcomers contacts. Uh, there was a girl at that second meeting that called me the day after the second meeting. And if she hadn't called me, I don't know if I would be sitting here right now. Like I could have just, like I said, taken off, but she called me and she listened to me talk for an hour and give my whole life story. Um, and that made a huge difference. And then it was either that, that meeting that night, or I think maybe the following meeting, either my second or third meeting, where I got my first sponsor and, um, you know, I'm a hundred pounder or I'm a re recovering, attempting to re be a hundred pounder. Uh, my first sponsor was not a hundred pounder. She, she didn't lose like a significant amount of weight in program. She didn't pitch the night I asked her to sponsor me. She gave treasurer's report and I was like, Whoa, <laughs> she knows money. She seems like an adult. She seems calm, sold. Uh, so yeah, so I asked her to sponsor me and, um, I got abstinent immediately, like from day one. And I think, uh, I used to say that my higher power for me is just the H and the P and the words hope, uh, that come between the O and the E, the overeating. And I think that's what stopped me when I first came in was hope. Like something in my head was like, hold the phone. Like, what if this works? Let me just not eat and see what happens. And, um, and I dove in right away. I was doing, I think three meetings a week, called my sponsor Monday through Friday, got into the steps immediately, uh, did a lot of outreach. I'm a talker. I love to talk. That was the easiest part. I think it was awkward for me to make calls. Maybe like my first, uh, few weeks in program was kind of awkward. It felt like cold calling, like a sales call or something. Uh, but after that, I just got used to it and I had a script, you know, it's just like, hi, this is Deanna calling from OA. Just wanted to see how your day is going. Great. People love to talk about themselves that work. And I very quickly built up like a God squad, a, a group of fellows, uh, that I could talk to. Um, and I, I had like a recipe for my outreach, which was to make three calls a day and that was going to be one call to somebody much older than me in program, much more seasoned, because I know you can always learn from older people and people with time of abstinence. Uh, one phone call to like a contemporary, someone who had about the same amount of time as me in program, and then a newcomer or somebody struggling with relapse because I could give them hope. And that worked. So I always had someone to learn from, someone to like team up with for co-support and someone to hopefully inspire if they were having a hard time so that worked great uh that first absence lasted i think about seven and a half um months and then i had my first relapse uh i decided i needed a snack at two in the morning after a date uh and i went to three different stores to get what i wanted and the first two stores were closed that was my higher power saying like are you sure you really want to go and get a snack um, at the time, my absence was no binging, uh, but the snack I decided to get was ice cream, 
you know, because we all need that at 2 a.m. to get through the night. So I made it to the third store and uh, and I got my ice cream and uh, I had like one serving. Then I went back for another and another. Boom. Next thing you know, I'm in a binge. And, uh, you know, and the next morning I called my sponsor and I was crying. Uh, and at the time, this is like the cunning, baffling and powerful. At the time, the disease was telling me, oh, everybody restarts their absence at least once. And then I was like, I'll make a comeback. I'll be the sheriff program. You know, like, I will, like, be the most awesome and just, and stop, you know, after one day of breaking my absence. And I did not. I, like, ate off and on for a few months. I broke my abstinence in August of that year. And I would get a few days, a few weeks, a few months maybe, and break it. And finally, in April of that year, uh, which was, I think, 2013, uh, I went to a friend's wedding in Long Island. It was a big Italian wedding and I ate everything but the bride and groom. And I'm like, okay, that's it. When I get back to LA, this, this has to stop, you know, as if I could just like make it stop. And I called a fellow, uh, cause I kept eating once I got home and I said, I don't know what to do. I can't get abstinent. And she said, you're abstinent right now. Um, and she was right. I wasn't eating while we spoke. And she said, can you just hang on to that? Can you just not binge for an hour? And I said, yes. And I took it an hour at a time. And that hour at a time turned into five years of, um, abstaining from binge eating. Um, in that time, my life took a complete, uh, 180. It truly became a life beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, just to give you a frame of reference on the numbers, um, I started gaining weight around the age of maybe eight or nine. I was 200 pounds by sixth grade. I was 220 by eighth grade. I was 285 by uh, the time I graduated high school and my top weight was around 300 pounds when I was 20 years old. When I came into the rooms, I was somewhere between 235, 240. Uh, and I was at my emotional bottom at the time. I wasn't at my physical bottom, but I was at my emotional bottom. And uh, when I got abstinent that second time at the start of the five years of abstinence, um, uh, it just took, um, so when I got abstinent at that time, uh, like the weight dropped off within a year, I dropped 90 pounds in a little over a year, uh, maintained that for several years, uh, lost a little bit more when I got kind of a stricter sponsor. And then um, just my dreams were coming true. I became a stand-up comedian. I had always wanted to be an actress. I got an agent, a commercial agent. I was auditioning. I was very involved in, in OA. Um, I served on the intergroup board. I sponsored, uh, just you name it, I did it. Super involved in the OA birthday party every year. So things were going really, really, really well for many, many years. I completed the steps several times, at least three times, maybe four. And uh, 2017 was a difficult year, the second half of 2017 in particular. Um, it was like a series of earthquakes, and my relapse was a tsunami. So in 2017, um, my uh, grandmother passed away. Um, she, it was really, uh, it was not pretty. Her health had been deteriorating for a while. So that was a big shift. She was my last grandparent. So my grandma died. Uh, my stand-up comedy group that I'd been a part of for several years got kicked out of our performance venue. Um, my acting agency shut down. The OA birthday party project that I'd been involved with for several years, they decided to take a different direction. And um, my family, my older sister, husband, and my three darling, the kiddos, my two nieces and nephew, 
um, announced that they were moving across the country. Um, and I got switched to a different position at work. Like the list goes on and on. And the nail in the coffin was New Year's Eve 2017. Um, I found out that my acting agency just suddenly closed. They just went out of business after 25 years. And I just thought, well, I'm okay. That's fine. Things happen. And um, I was offered, you know, an opportunity to do more service for OA. I turned it down because I'm like, well, I've been auditioning. But what if auditions conflict with it? And then I got the job change and I didn't take service because I wanted to chase my dreams. And then I didn't chase my dreams because I didn't got a different role in my day job. I'd work, been working in nonprofit for 10 years. And all of a sudden I had nothing left that meant anything to me. No comedy, no family, uh, no service to hold me up because um, I uh, turned it down. And, uh, and I just started deteriorating on the inside and my personality changed. I lost more weight. I'm 5'8", my bottom weight was either 125 or 123, which on me was very thin, very, very thin. And uh, my mind just completely short-circuited. I gave into fear. I didn't work the program. I didn't avail myself of any um, things that was suggested to me outside a program that could have helped medications or anything like that. And I just died on the inside. And um, my sponsor let me go because I turned into a crazy person. And a month after that, I broke my abstinence and devoured half a sheet cake in the break room at work. And I gained back 100 pounds in four months. I got fired from my job. I ate my way through unemployment. Uh, and uh, that's how I was for several months. Um, finally got another job, kept eating off and on. My wonderful sponsor who's on the line, like, has borne with me or stayed with me through this extreme craziness. When we first started working together, I said, well, can we try it for three days? Like who says, Oh, can we try working together for three days? It's like going on a date and saying, Oh, well I'll go on a two minute date with you and see if we're a good fit. But she like has held on to me in the crazy. I have a food buddy that I talk to six days a week. Um, he keeps me in good parameters to keep me from under eating or overeating. Um, and like slowly but surely, like something greater than me is, is restoring me to sanity because I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to function without this program. I tried to lose weight for 20 years and it didn't work. Um, I have a, a, a few pictures that I'll just share real quick. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's upside down. Can you guys see that? Uh, oh, wait. You got to hit the screen share in the bottom. Ah, screen share, share screen. Okay. So can you guys see that? I know it's upside down. Uh, that's me at age 13, looking very sad, obese, and it looked like I had a mustache, but I think that's just a shadow. Um, let me see. I got a couple of more here. One second. Ah, okay. This is a good one. Um, share screen. Okay. Uh, this is me, uh, in recovery. Uh, that is me. Um, I think maybe three and a half years into abstinence, slim, living my best skinny life. Um, and I didn't take a lot of pictures of myself in the relapse because I just, I just did not want to be seen. Uh, let me see if I can find some kind of other ones there. And Okay, so this is me and my older sister. I'm on the left in a blue shirt, uh, you know, I don't know, 110 pounds down-ish from my top weight. 
And let me grab one more picture to show you what it was like before. Let's see. I'm bad at the tech. Ah, so there was me uh, at about a size 14, which was close to the lowest I got before program. Uh, that was the best I could do on my own, still about 70 pounds overweight. And uh, this last one here, let's see. Uh, anyway, <laughs> obviously I'm not the most uh, tech savvy. Oh, here we go. So this was me at my, my bottom uh, when I was, let's see, here we go. I'm trying to open up my screen again. Ah, there we go. So I think this is kind of important because uh, I was, that's me at my thinnest in, in program. That was me two weeks before I relapsed this last time. And I just thought as long as I was that thin, that everything was fine, that everything was under control. Uh, but again, I was dying on the inside. I was underslept and underfed and a hot mess. Um, so I just want to encourage anybody that's in relapse, um, hang on to your seat in this program. I think I always knew that I, I would, that I wouldn't leave, that I would work the steps again. And I just gotten so much fear. This is how my brain thinks that when all those sad things happen in my life, I thought it would be easier to literally take my life, this beautiful life that my higher power in this program gave me and take it like a piece of paper and throw it in the trash. And that's exactly what it did. And it took about a year from all the things that happened in my life till the moment when I took that first compulsive bite and didn't want to live anymore. It was like a form of suicide. I felt like a trapped animal with no way out. So what I've learned from relapse is there is always a way out. And binging for me to the extent that I binge, which in this relapse was to give myself chest pains and blood clots um, and night sweats and rapid obesity um, is a form of suicide. And I've heard it said that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Uh, so I've learned from this to stay living in the steps to live by spiritual principles, honesty and integrity. As I lost my integrity heading towards the relapse, I flaked on commitments. I hurt friends and family and I took myself out. Uh, so that's all I have to share. Thank you for listening. If you're in relapse, just stick around. You're not alone. And I'm absent today and I'm grateful to be that way. I feel very good. And thank you to my sponsor and my friends who showed up tonight. Bye. Or take it, uh, take it away, Joe. <laughs>